Good morning. <laughs> Thank you, my friends. Thank you. So once again, I, I still laugh at my, uh, my introduction. So powerful, eh? Did you see that, Dorothy? So powerful. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Okay. So yesterday I had fun reading the book. We're in the book, uh, Leaders Eat Last. And we're doing this book with Dr. Melanie Miller. I love saying that, Melanie. You have no idea, okay? Our astronaut, I always call her ast an astronaut. She has a master's in something. Anyways, she likes the one, two, threes. Marie-Pierre Tetro, and then there was me. We're reading the book, and I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, my God, this book is so amazing. Oh, I can't wait to do the podcast tomorrow. Oh, my God. And I practically underlined, I just want to show you, okay, for those on Zoom, I practically underlined everything. My husband, if he was next to me, goes, don't underline so you know you have to reread everything because that's how much I underline. Whereas Marie-Pierre didn't underline a thing. She goes, I don't understand anything. <laughs> and, this, and this is where I want to start the podcast, okay? Remember, I have 40 years in multi-level marketing business. I'm 58 years old, going on 59. Marie-Pierre is 30. Melanie Miller is 63. There's a world of a difference here. And there's a lot of stuff we read that only experience will help you understand what you're reading. Now, because I have 40 years experience and I'm in a mixed marriage. Now, you have to understand a mixed marriage requires a lot more understanding, a lot more uh, seeing through the other person's paradigm. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it to you how much more challenging it is a mixed marriage. For me, reading this book, Marie-Pierre, was like, oh, a aha moment, putting into clarity everything I've been living. First of all, being able to unite two families, Italian Catholic with Muslim Algerian. Do you understand? Like, for me, this represents a lot, my multi-level marketing business, raising children with two religions, two mindsets, and I could go on and on. So obviously I'm reading this book and I'm going, oh my God, and I'm underlining every other sentence versus Marie-Pierre, who's 30, who's saying, I, I, I don't understand. I, I, wh what about the elephants? Wh what is that thing on the elephants? So long story short, the podcast delivered by 30 and 60, like two generation, allows you, the podcasters, to say, I get this a lot faster. So when it happens to you, you don't have to wait to be 60 before getting it. You're going to get a lot more faster. So you can be 40 and actually get how to 
as a leader eat less. So let's dive into the subject today. If you haven't yet shared the Podbeam, please go ahead and share. If you haven't, if you haven't yet tagged your people on Facebook, please tag them. This is an amazing subject today. And of course, my Zoom friends, thank you for being there because it gives me energy to watch your faces, okay? So I absolutely love this. So today, it's called the powerful forces. We're going to divide it in two. And again, there I laughed because when I said at the second segment, oh, no, no, this is too much. We're going to need to divide in two. Marie-Pierre thought we didn't have enough for the whole chapter. You see the mindset? She goes, where's the content, the context or context of this thing? So we laughed. So Dr. Melanie Miller, my friend, Melanie Miller, is going to cover more in detail with a beautiful story when enough was enough. And yes, yes, Marie-Pierre Tétrault, I made her work on the one, two, threes, I call them, because it is very philosophical and you do need one, two, threes to be able to take the content and use it. So Marie-Pierre worked very, very, very hard. And just about two minutes ago, she got the example of the elephant. So I'm excited for her to deliver the elephant, okay? So that's going to be Marie-Pierre. And in my intro, what I wanted to say was this, okay? So leaders eat last means leaders are willing to look out for those to the left of them and to those to the right. If you are in a leadership position, I need for you to seriously ask the question, am I just in it for the money for myself or do my people truly feel I'm looking out for them? I'm there for to help them achieve their dream life. And I'm willing to be that example so I can inspire them. That's what leadership is about. As a parent, same thing. Am I being that example for my children so they can strive to be the best version of them? It's, it, it's not enough to go camping with them. It's not enough to go to a restaurant with them. It's not enough to sit down and play Legos. Although this is important, and you'll see why in a few minutes, are you that beacon of light for your spouse and spouses? Are you that beacon of light for your children? Are you that beacon of light as an aunt, as a grandmother? And I want you to answer yes as time goes by. That's what we want to be. Leaders are willing to give up something of their own for us. You understand? Do you think there's times where I want to deliver a podcast? Do you think there's times where I really want to do a power hour when you know half of them aren't listening? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If I would listen to the left side of my brain, I would say no. But because I know I am a phenomenal leader, I would never not deliver and always try to over-deliver. It's just the way it is. So leaders give up their time. Leaders give energy, give up their energy, give their energy, even if on the other end, sometimes people aren't responsive. Leaders give of their money. I look at Melanie Miller, how much extra things she does when she says to her org, you want me to also include you in the project broadcast? She doesn't have to do that, but she's a leader. Leaders will even give you their food on their plate if they think you haven't eaten enough. And I mean, literally, literally. When it matters, leaders choose to eat last. This is what we have to understand about this podcast. So the powerful forces is really simple. If we feel that we belong and trust who we work with, the leader, right? 
We will cooperate and face every challenge together. Now, all of you in my multi-level marketing business, remember COVID 2020? Why did my people cooperate and face that challenge with me? Because I am a leader and they'll know, they knew I would throw myself under the bus first before any of them landed under a bus. They knew that without a doubt. So we, we held together. Without this powerful invisible force, we will have to invest in protection for ourselves and the whole group will be weak to all outside threats. How many people you see at a certain point, they start changing their fence. They put higher fences with picks at the, at the end because they don't live in a community, you know? And, and then they start putting all kinds of alarm systems and all kinds, like, why? why they don't feel safe they're loners and it's 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 very scary to be alone and one of the examples with animals melanie miller and and marie pierre will share with you and you'll understand why it's so important protect your people and remember there is a price to pay do not kid yourself to have this beautiful life that i have to have the capacity to choose and not succumb to what other people and the world has has to say about me i pay a price every single day and that price comes in many many forms working long hours at coaching and mentoring and if i were to do it all over again i would invest even more and yet keep a balance between work and fun so yes i work with with my team but at the same time i know we have fun together okay uh, there needs to be this mindset can you, like people have to understand, can you imagine putting together your own meeting every Friday night? You on your own, Monique, Melanie Miller on her own. I mean, for God's sake, nobody would last as long as we've been lasting, okay? Uh, lead with loyalty, never, okay? As leaders, never, ever, ever, ever talk about somebody that's not present. From the moment, Monique, we are together and you talk about Dorothy, do you know what she did or anything? You will never be a trustworthy leader. Never, never. And I know my people know without a doubt that I would never talk about you, Melanie, or you, Monique, or you, Dorothy, to anybody else without one, you knowing about it and without two, protecting and defending you. You know without a, a doubt in your mind that if a consultant calls me to bitch about you, you know I got your back. You, without a doubt, you know that I will defend you and then take the problem, come directly to you so you can handle it. My people know this, and this is why they trust me. Without a doubt, they might not like me. They might not agree with my, my, my harsh words and my overpowering, you know, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. There is one thing they do absolutely all have in common. People trust me. And even those that say they don't trust me, at the bottom and the deep in their hearts, they trust me. And they all come back home, Melanie. Did you notice how they all come back home? Okay. So this is what it's all. So to explain it even better, because I'm very like, wow, like Melanie says, you can talk our years to death. Here's Dr. Melanie Miller. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. Uh, good morning, everybody. So to say it was a rough neighborhood is an understatement. It was about the worst place anyone would want to live. It was incredibly dangerous. 
There was no such thing as heating in the winter, and there certainly wasn't any air conditioning in the summer. There were no supermarkets of any sort. The residents were left to forage or hunt for any food they could find. Survival under these conditions was something people really had to think about. Every moment of every day, there could always be something out there that could do them harm. Worrying about an education or getting a job wasn't even on the radar. There were no classrooms and there were no hospitals. As things stood, there were no jobs to be had. None. And for good reason. There were no companies. There weren't even any countries yet. That stuff was so far off in the future, they didn't need to think about it. This is not some post-apocalyptic Mad Max scenario. The time is 50,000 years ago, and modern man, Homo sapiens, is taking his first steps out into the world. This is where we come from. Our ancestors were born dirt poor. They didn't have uh, privileges because of the school they went to or the people they knew at that time. New opportunities were created by them from sheer will and hard work. We are a species with a will to survive. Our ancestors were people just like you and me. They weren't the cavemen with a big stick running around all bent over, ready to kill the next saber-toothed tiger. They were just people working out a way to survive, learning and creating each day different ways to do that. Humans are designed to survive. They, want, they can live through rough times. Everything humans do and did is to make the world they live in safer so that they can survive. Doing this, and they do this mostly through cooperation and working together, along with the basic instinct of survival. This can create a powerful solution to any situation. Once people feel safe, feel that they are part of something bigger than themselves, then they can go on to the next thing. They can do anything. A worker must feel this. A leader that looks to the outside of the company and runs their business with fear and oppression is not going to get people to feel like they belong. They feel that they need to protect themselves from the company they're in. They go into survival mode. It is not creative. They Now all they want to do is to survive as a person. The organization becomes vulnerable. The internal strength and cooperation do not exist. And everyone is just trying to survive. Now, Maria mentioned our MLM, and it is a prime example of uh, when the tough got when it got tough, the tough got going. We we work together to come up with solutions all the time. And I was also reminded of another company, and this company uh, was Disney, 
And I was thinking about Disney this morning. Have you ever been to Disney and tried to crack the characters, tried to get them to break out of character? I mean, they will not do it. They stick to what they have. Do you think they would do that if they didn't feel safe and secure in their business? Do you think that Disney would be as clean as it is if people didn't feel safe and secure? Do you think that when you come out of all the, the um, rides and everything, you go into a commercial area? And when I went the first time, I was so expecting to be like bombarded with buy this, buy this, do this. It's not like that. It's a passive passive sales uh, situation yes you're faced with it all the time but they let you choose what to do they would not do that the company would not be able to survive and continue if they didn't have the loyalty of their team and they wouldn't have that loyalty if the team didn't feel part of it so a business that is strong, whose people feel like they belong, is going to pre present to the outside world a united front. And that, for me, uh, was what I got out of reading this section. Thank you. And now we go to uh, Marie-Pierre, who's going to give you more of the one, two, three. <laughs> Thank you, Melanie. Yes, because it's really something that when I read this book, like Maria said, it's not something that is one, two, three. So I, I thought there's nothing in this book. So I needed to find something. So Maria said, okay, let's go with this part of the book. And now I understand why. <laughs> so remember that, yes, human beings have thrived as a species because of our ability to create, invent, plan and organize ourselves in complex ways. So the difference between human and other species is the self-awareness. Like we cover in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you haven't uh, in, listened to the podcast from this book, of course, <laughs> I really uh, appreciate it if you go and listen to it because you will really understand what is the self-awareness. So just to understand really easily, just the way we live now, is so different than the way we live a thousand and thousand years ago. And if we compare to other species like elephants, that they were, yes, at the same time as humans on Earth, they still live exactly the same way that they lived before. They always lived in the group. So a lot of species are now instinct because they couldn't evolve with their changing environment because they didn't live in a group. Because they didn't live in a group, they couldn't evolve and stay in the environment. Only humans change the environment to fit their needs. So it's, a, it's this human environment, the self-awareness, that brought us to live as a group. As our survival inched on, on our ability to operate in social groups. So during prehistoric ages, humans depended on their tribe for food, shelter, and protection. And even though our environment and organization have changed drastically, our biological makeup still remains similar. Each of us is an individual and a part of a social group. We make daily decisions that require us to weight our self-interest against group interest. So 
even as a child we will see that in the summer camp that's the first time that we will be with a lot of people so we will evolve within this group so the the choice of the summer camp can really <laughs> change the way the child will evolve so and after that as we grow now we go to university a lot of the people on uh, they go at the university will start living in a new group of person like in dorms or something like that and they will evolve within this group and after that it's, we are going to work and now we will form relationship with some co-workers and it's really a gathering outside of work that will create a bond that will bring us to evolve so keep that in mind we need to create for ourselves the best group possible to evolve in the right direction. So what do we need? Who do we need in our group? What kind of person we need to form the best team? So there's 13 types of people that you want on your team. So no two people are bound to be exactly alike on a team. So everyone differ in terms of personality, mindset, productivity, and more. So this type of diversity is what makes a team successful. And each person plays a different role and therefore contribute something different that will help the team to accomplish its ultimate goal. So a team made up of people who are too similar is not likely to be very successful. So number one type of people you want on your team is the Swiss army knife. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the founding team of a startup needs a Swiss army knife, someone who is specialized in being a generalist. So the generalist allows the founder to think strategically while knowing that the more operational tasks are being performed. Number two is the idea person. So it's easy to get caught up in everyday tasks and execution and dismiss the idea people on your team. So these team members frequently start their sentence with what if we did this or this way or this way or how about we try? So instead of dismissing their idea as pie in the sky, hear them out and ask how their, their way may actually drive execution even better by giving them a forum to speak. You will likely find that their idea will improve efficiency and performance. Number three is the doer. So idea are a dime a dozen and most idea never even get off the ground for two reasons, follow up and execution. So that is when the doer type prove his value. So the doer with his relentless follow up and implementation will be the driving force to plan, follow up and implement. implement. So this type of team member can have an immense impact on innovation and profitability of a given organization. Number four is the thinker. So one personality, personality that is commonly overlooked is the thinker. So this person is usually reserved and likes to consider the issue at hand before speaking. While others are jumping into action with half-baked idea, the thinker will have assessed potential risk to arrive at the best possible path forward. Number five is the detail-oriented. So most idea never get off the ground because they simply remain idea. So team may have visionaries and manager, but if they do not have someone who is relentlessly focused on diving into the details and logistics of an idea or project, their project will never see completion and the world will miss out on the fulfillment of mission, 
plan an exciting breakthrough that died before implementation. Number six is the high driver. So every team needs an individual who has a high driver personality. This is the personality type <laughs> that focuses on results and has the ego strength to get things done. However, the person personality, the person personality structure needs to be balanced out with other type of personality. A team with only high drivers would devolve into constant argument above about right and wrong and ensure your team is balanced for success. Number seven is the overachiever. So while the team may grow, the overachiever provides momentum to every team. So positive peer pressure comes from diligence and pursuit of excellence. So if you have a standout employee, encourage them privately and publicly. Encourage your team to do their best and remind everyone that they're in together. Number eight is the one who won't give up. Because yes, sometimes when things go wrong on a project or with a client, we get this urge to quit simply, sign out, erase the problem from our life and move on to the next project client uh, or start looking for more, more leads. So the problem might go away for the time being, but your team's inability to deal with such challenges will still remain at large. So you need that person that is that never give up. Number nine, is the chameleon. Chameleon? <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is nothing better than having a team member who can adapt um, to any situation, personality, or challenge. So this driven, flexible, and yet empathetic person can lead, problem solve, cheerlead, support, and step into any gap that may arise. So chameleons are born to adapt to their environment and will become whatever you need to meet your goal. So focus on having one on your team. Number 10 is the accessible and responsive one. So one bonding question that our brain asks is, are you there for me? So there's, hey, are you accessible to me? Are are you responsive to me? And E, are you emotionally engaged with me? So even though you don't agree with me, you can you understand my pain or concern? Can you still respond to me? And can you stay engaged? So when a person is able to be A, R, and E, they create an emotional connection and the team needs to ensure success. Number 11 is the listener. So every team needs someone who is trained to hear between the lines and who knows the team perhaps better than the team knows itself. So without an understanding of all the people on the team and a desire to really listen to what is wanted or needed, the team will likely fail. So that level of listening usually comes with someone who has managed their ego. Number 12 is the contrarian. So the most needed type of team member is the person who always tries to uncover why what is being proposed will not work. The advantage is that it develops a collective intelligence and they prompt empathy rather than defensive or aggressive response and it ensures diversity as there will always be a different perspective and it stresses the team to find a balance between opposites. And the last one is the giver. 
So the output and performance of team increase when one person is a strong giver because giver need to be nurtured as they can uh, burn up and overcommit due ter to their interest in helping and serving others. So unleash your giver to maximize your team success. So maybe just when I was reading the 13th uh, type of person you need in your team, maybe you already have some names in your head. So keep that in mind, the type of people you want on your team. I think of Sylvain Lalonde, the giver. Sylvain is really the giver. And I could put a name in each one. Marie-Pierre, thank you for this amazing document. It's already, you know, uh, organized in my my files. This is very important to organize your information you receive so you can go in at any given time when you need it and use it. So in closing for today, okay, you better be there tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to talk about good drugs, okay? Present it that way. We're just going to come. Mm and they're free, they're free. And closing today, you choose to protect your people. It's a choice, for, I'm gonna speak for me. It's a choice I make every day. I am here to protect my people. I'm here to protect Mohammed, Yasmin, Nadia, Hamid. I'm here to protect my family. I'm here to protect my business. I will protect every single director, defend them. You know, if my director is guilty, it will be up to me to correct and not a consultant that's pitching about my director okay that has to be absolutely clear in your minds your director in the eyes of the public your children in the eyes of the public are perfect it's in private we correct in public we praise develop deep meaningful connection with the people you work with know who they are know their goals know their aspiration be there for them in good times so when there's bad times you can be there for them but if you're not there in good times you cannot be there for them in bad times working together with each other and for each other our bodies will chemically reward itself like you know god has built us perfectly there's a chemical or a natural drug that is secreted from our bodies when we work together and that is in self in itself is enough and this is why i keep telling my directors stop adding other gifts on top of what tupperware has put and what your company has put stop it drive your people with these four chemicals with these four natural drugs that are secreted so being part of the podcast tomorrow is going to give you the ammunition you need to drive your team without another thing but with something that's everlasting tomorrow we will cover the four natural drugs chemicals that are that are secreted and when these drugs are regularly secreted released you will become addicted to them i am highly addicted to this and this is why we explain what you see in front of you every single day and you ask yourself where does she get her energy where does she get her drive i'm addicted to what we're going to share tomorrow and if i don't get my daily fix i am miserable I need to go in a detox center. You understand? But this, the beauty about it is it's beautiful and not negative. Tomorrow we'll show you how to get your hands on this fantastic daily dose that you will naturally need every single day. And that is when unlimited success will be born. Unlimited accomplishment will happen. 
All right, guys. So thank you so much for the French. We'll see each other tonight or we'll continue in the French podcast. And for the angles, see you tomorrow. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.